Hello folks and welcome to the Virtual Cafe. I'm your host, Shagiwala Salami. What can I get you today? I will have a caramel frappe, no whipped cream, please. Okay, sorry, I didn't get your name. I am Nick Norderell, uh, author, poetess, playwright. My latest work is Ooh. Minnesota, her Ooh. account, her view. Nice, nice. You've got loads of hats going on. <laughs> okay, and what would you like to have with your drink? Let's see. I'll just have extra caramel, please. Okay, that's fine. Um, we've got a little human who is being grumpy today, so she's normally supposed to get the drink, so with her grumpy mood, it might take her a bit of time to get it all together. Um, hope you're not in a hurry today. No, no hurry. No, that's fine. Oh, it's a shame. You're the only one in um, in the virtual cafe today, which is, a, you know, a nice improvement because last week uh, we had a bit of technical difficulty. So it was just me and the little human. So today is a vast improvement um, from last week. Um, and it's such a lovely sunny day in London today, which is great because we don't get lots of sunshine all the time. So but then I'm stuck indoors now. Um, but it's fine. Um, so just whilst we're, you know, whilst we're waiting um, for the little human to get your drink together, um, I'd like to know what you think about something. Um, and also, human, she's really, really grumpy today. Um, I'm not sure why that is. Um, maybe it's the fact that she's stuck indoors rather than we've not gone to the park today. Um, it's such a lovely day, and I think probably she would do. Maybe I will take her to the park after after we leave the virtual cafe. Um, so, um, what do you think? Um, about this. Um, Amazon has established itself as the digital overlord in terms of publishing, be it self-publishing or using a traditional publisher. I mean, every single book published, you know, has to you know, be on Amazon if, you know, mm -hmm. if it wants a chance um, of success. You know, Amazon has altered the game with regards to publishing books so that now anyone with a computer and internet connection can become a self-published, can become a published author in a matter of minutes. Now, from speaking to loads of authors that come into my nice, you know, virtual cafe, uh, one word that I've heard a lot get thrown around is algorithm and Amazon book ranking. Um, what, what exactly is Amazon's um, algorithm? Oh, yay! Oh, we've hey, got... here. Yes, Tara, Tara, hello! Hi, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> Hi. We're, we're missed, you know, seems to be letting us down and it was just going to be me and her today <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> okay so Tara what do you want to drink today um I would like actually you know I'm just gonna have a chamomile with a little uh, milk and honey <laughs> okay that's fine um little human she's been a bit grumpy today um so it oh. might take us it might take us a little bit longer than a minute to get it hope you're not in a hurry <laughs> Not at all, not at all. Okay, do you want anything else with your chamomile tea? Well, I, you know, I heard a rumor about some uh, banana cookies. Is, is that still on the table? Sadly, not today. What, oh, we, my, what we do I have, I know, what, what was, what's the cake that was made recently? Hmm, it was a nice white milk chocolate oh. and hot, you know, um, and powdered chocolate sort of mixed together to give a nice sweet and sour, oh, you know what was great? The sweet, you know, sweet and bitter together taste. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Ooh. How, can I, how can I say no? <laughs> <laughs> see, 
Exactly. So we went we went to extra we went extra sweets today. And my BFF said to me, and then it goes Shagalala, right? So you know yeah. this cooking that you do, right? Is there a special occasion? I'm like, well the fact that I you know I have to eat a little human has to eat that's a special occasion. And then he goes, you know what, this food this food should be like restaurant quality and whatnot. So I should start charging people if my virtual Sounds like a cookbook is in your future. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know the thing is, sometimes you know, I'm I'm one of those ones where my cooking is more sort of like handed down recipe where your mom, you know, tells you and says do this, do this, do this, and you just do it, and then it's sort of just in your psyche, and you just know it without having to follow, um, you know, have a measuring cups and scales and whatnot. So I'm not really sure how I would write that in a recipe book because I can say to you, you have to go by eye. You know, you've got to approximate. <laughs> I, I understand. What you, my, I'm, I'm southern. I'm from the southern part of the United States, and my, again, my, my recipes, just like you, they come from my mother, you know, her mother, and it's just something you know how to do, but you, you can't always explain it. Exactly. So, yeah. But um, I, I've been I've been kicking around the idea of a family cookbook because I have little wow. nieces and they're you know 11 and 14 and I want them to know how to, to to prepare foods that our family has been making for generations. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, kids don't cook anymore. They don't they don't cook. Yeah, but I don't know. My little, my little human, you know, she seems to like to cook. She once I'm doing stuff, she tries to get involved. So fingers yeah. crossed, fingers crossed, I can say. Oh, she'll be a great cook. I, I I hope so. She seems to like food. So you know, if you like food, then you've got to know how to cook it. Yeah, food's good. <laughs> food's okay, cool. So just before you came on, um, I was um having a quick chat with um Nick, and what I was saying to her was that you know. Amazon has established itself as the digital overlord in terms of publishing, be it you know self-publishing or using a traditional publisher. You know because any book that's published needs to be on Amazon. You know it's almost like you know if you don't put your book in Amazon, it's almost like you're signing yourself a digital suicide or mm -hmm. book suicide. Um, so you know Amazon has altered the game. You know with regards to publishing. You know so that now anyone with a computer and internet connection can become a published author. <clears throat> In a matter of minutes, and what I was saying to Nick was that you know, having you know had loads of different authors come you know on uh, into the virtual cafe, a word that I've heard you know quite a lot of is algorithm and right. Amazon ranking. And when I'm on Goodreads, everybody goes, "That's the word that should not be said." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Nick, what exactly is Amazon's algorithm? Why is it that word that should not be said? Well. The the thing of it is, it's the way that they rate a book, and they, but it's hard because they're always changing the formula. It changes um, a few times a year how they calculate it, and then like if you give away free books, that's that only counts for ten percent of a paid sale. So um, if you think about it in terms of your gross revenue earned by your book over the last thirty days, that kind of can tell you a little bit more about instead of saying algorithm. Right. She's I don't like, understand that. It's it's you know it's it's simple but it's also complicated and and like she said they're always changing the algorithm and I don't know if that's to increase you know their profit or they're just trying to stay you know one step ahead of of people who figure out the algorithm and then they scam the system because we all know that happens. <laughs> it happens right. 
But um, again, if, if, if we could figure out or define the algorithm, we would be geniuses because it's, it's really complicated. But um, it, it basically boils down, well, it takes into account not just sales, but um, what type of sales, uh, like Nick said, right. are, are they true sales or are they giveaways? Um, right. Has your book been, is, is it a niche book in a small category or is it in a, a, a pool that has a lot of competition like mm -hmm. mysteries and thrillers or fantasy? Mm -hmm. How long has your book been number one? How long has, has, has it had, you know, increased sales? All of these things kind of form this, again, this, this, this crazy algorithm that's really hard to figure out. Um, yeah. My book is non-fiction. So it's in a much smaller competition pool. Mm. So any sale I have, um, even a Kindle borrow, mm. it's going to make a, a, a drastic difference in my ranking. Wow. But for someone, and, and that's a good thing, but at the same time, but it's a low traffic niche or, or genre or category. Okay. So mm. it's not, you don't necessarily get to jump for joy yet. But for somebody who's writing like a really, you know, a thrilling novel or, or, or young adult or sci-fi, those numbers are more important for you guys because it there's so much competition. And so, so basically your ranking determines um, where you are as far right. as how many people. Okay, if you're, if you're ranked at mm -hmm. 1 million, that means if, say, for instance, there are 4 million books on, you know, on Kindle or Amazon right now. So, you know, if, if you're at 1 million, obviously, that's how many other millions are, are underselling or selling mm -hmm. less. Mm -hmm. Right. Then, and so that seems straightforward, but then it gets a little more complicated because if you have a book that's been selling well for two months, mm. your rank will not be as high as someone who's selling less than you, but they've been selling better About than the you. same. Right. Or, or say, for example, their book's been out for three years mm. and, they're, and they're selling 10 books a month. Well, you might be a new author. Every, there might be buzz. You might have sold 50 books in one month. Mm -hmm. Oh, your ranking, you'll have a flash ranking, but mm. you, at the end of the day, you will not rank as high as the author who's selling 10 books a month because he's been doing it longer. Amazon rewards longevity. Right. Ah. Okay. But one thing they, you know, but, but they do at least give you the, the chance to compete with some of the traditional or, or, or best-selling authors because um, say for instance, if someone like Stephanie Myers, you know, or E.L. James comes out with a book, um, or, or say their book came out two years ago and your book just came out, at least for a small amount of time, you get to hang with the big dogs because <laughs> they will they will rank you according to, you know, real-time sales. What you sell. It just doesn't last as long. Right. And I, I, I actually think that's fair because, you know, that brief burst of, of, of um, exposure from being ranked, you know, high – Mm -hmm. It gives you a chance to find new readers. You know, you get to you get to see, you know, just exactly what your book can do. But I also I think it's fair because if your book has been consistently selling, I think mm -hmm. you should be rewarded for that as well. So yeah, 
Yeah, mm. a new book might come along and, and, and kind of topple you, but maybe it was just a flash of success and that writer just can't sustain. Right. So, but you know, again, I'm, I'm nonfiction, so I've found that it's best to ignore the ranking. Right. <laughs> right. Mm. But for fiction authors, it, it actually, it matters a lot. It, it matters a lot, but it also can be very discouraging because I'm, you know, fiction, so. But, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> it can and, and it, it's just I, I kind of think I just try to think of it as a snapshot and literally when my book was I think the highest rank it got was number 19 wow right but again that's in a the parenting category so mm -hmm. it's, right. it's, it's not a very deep pool <laughs> mm -hmm. but I did take a screenshot I said this may never happen again so you know you just <laughs> You say, okay, this was great, and then you just kind of move on. But for yeah. fiction writers, it, it is a little more important. It matters, you know, a lot more. And it, it you know, it can kind of keep you up at night. I think when we all publish for the first time, we go check our rankings like every 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like every 30 yep. minutes, yeah. Yep. Right. You just have to kind of, you know, keep a sense of, of, of balance because people are publishing at a phenomenal rate. Really mm, mm, but mm. Um, just just keep trying for that tipping point, that moment when people discover your book, and then it leads to more exposure. Sales. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So basically, um, this algorithm is you know Amazon's secret formula that keeps changing. No one knows what it is, <laughs> yeah. and it's what. Yeah. Okay. So it's the secret formula um, that they change every now and then just to keep authors on their toes. And it's what yes. affects the book ranking. But if I get what you're saying correctly, authors shouldn't really worry too much about the book ranking because it's you know quite a complicated formula. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically comparing you and all the other books in the market. You know how you compare. So it's not necessarily how your book is doing, but how your book is doing exactly. in comparison exactly. to you know other books either in the category or overall. Exactly. Ah, I see. And then when your book is newly published on Amazon, you you know Amazon sort of you know gives you that you know grace period to you know for people to discover you. Um, right. Okay. I think I think we understand. You know, we we understand. Right. We we sometimes it's tempting to confuse ranking with rating. You know, and it's it's not a measure of of how good the book is. It's just a measure of movement. You know, how, mm. is book, how is the book moving? So yes. you can't disregard it. it, you know, you just, you really can't, but just try to give it the amount yeah. of weight it needs. Yeah. I find, I, I spend a lot of time on the uh, forums, and I find that, you know, people are quite obsessed with, with uh, the rankings. And then mm. you, you click on their title, and you, you know, read a couple of pages of their, you know, their free excerpt. And, you know, you're thinking, you know, you probably should, you should be worrying about editing and formatting, not, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's true, you know, it's true. So, yeah. you know, give it the amount of weight that it deserves, mm -hmm. but also, you know, do everything you can to, to put out a better product. And of course, right. you know, marketing, that's the, that's the tough one, marketing and promoting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that's that's fine. I am um, so excited. I want to talk about Nick's book. Ah, right. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Well, oh. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. well, great. 
<laughs> we'll come to that in, in a minute. Um, okay, Nick, what do you think, right? What does an author, what needs to occur for a book to reach top 100 and top 10 in Amazon overall? Everybody's gunning for that, you know? What, does, what do you think needs to happen? Uh, good marketing, basically. I think good marketing, a lot of good reviews, um, and, and in terms of word of mouth. Hmm. See, I'm with you on word of mouth. I'm with you on reviews. What is good marketing, though? I'm sorry, say that again. I said I'm with you on okay. word of mouth because yes. I think that's quite important and I think it's quite self-explanatory. I'm mm -hmm. with you on having loads of good reviews, again, because, you know, people, you know, I search, when I want to look for a book to read, I sort of, you know, uh, yes. what's the word, search via the number of ratings that a book gets. I do not look at books with, and I do not look at books with an average rating of less than four. I always go for books with ratings of four and above. So I, I can only assume there other people do the same. So what I don't know or what I would like you know further information on is what is good marketing. I'm an author as well, and I'm still trying to figure out what good marketing is. Right. Um, well, if 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 I may, uh, to me it seems that good marketing boils down to to um, first of all, it starts with research. If you mm -hmm. are just you know, there's the spray and pray method where you just put your book out there for everybody, right. everything, right. and, just, and just hope it sticks. You know, yeah. what, that that's such a, a, a waste of time and resource. Um, hmm. One thing that we do have as indie authors, I mean, we may lack, you know, backing from large publishing houses, but what we do have control, and we, you know, we control the direction that our marketing you know, goes in or, or our promoting efforts. Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to do the research to determine who is going to, who is interested in this book, who wants to buy this book, then you're really wasting a lot of valuable time. And what happens is, and money becomes a series of diminishing returns. You don't get the sales that you want or the exposure, so you become discouraged, and then you start to make poor decisions because mentally you're not in a good place. Sorry, is it me or can you guys hear a lot of background noise? I can. Um, I can. I can hear some. Uh, Nick, is that you? I, I was pouring something down the drain. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I stopped. I'm sorry. But um, what what I, I what I literally did when I was writing my book was I, I just took a few moments and I and I sketched out who my reader is. I said, okay, who is my, re literally, who is she? What does she do for a living? What is she, where does she grocery shop? What does she do with her kids on the weekend? Um, what, you know, what is her family life like? You have, you know when you're, you're coming up with a fictional character for your book? Yeah. You spend time in that person's skin? Yes. So that their yes. voice is authentic? You have to do the exact same thing for your readership. And when you and, and it was funny because when I did, I actually got a sense of, of who my reader is as a person. And when you understand who they are, how they, where they shop, uh, how they spend right. the time, you know how to market. Right. You you know how you need to kind of be their shadow. Go where they go. Go to mm -hmm. websites that they go to. Mm -hmm. uh, join reading groups that they would join. Yep. And, and I also think the last time I found a really great book 
Where did I find the book? What appealed to me about the marketing and promoting of the book? And and it kind of tells you, you know, how to speak to others. Uh, yeah. It's still not obviously it's an art, it's not a science. It's 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 difficult. It's really difficult. Um, but it's something that you learn as you go and and I advocate spending a lot of time on the forums because it can I know it kept me from making a lot of costly mistakes. I just learned from the mistakes of others. No, which is quite useful. You know, there's something that, you know, I think it was my mom that says or either my mom said it or I read it somewhere, but someone really wise said this, you know, is that you cannot make all the mistakes in the world, you know. At some point right. you have to learn from the mistakes of other people. Right. Very you know, and we're fortunate that so many people are willing to share their experience on the forums and on places like Goodreads. And we you know, we can all learn from one another. Yeah. So apart from Goodreads, where else? What other forums do you use? I, I only use Goodreads. Well, that's not quite true. I use Goodreads. I, I spend a lot of time on the KDP forums. Um, I'm beginning to spend a little more time on the CreateSpace forums. Um, mm -hmm. ACX, of course, which is, you know, um, Amazon's Audible platform. Um, basically, you know, between Goodreads and KDP, that's, that's pretty much the, the be-all and end-all as far as, you know, indie community information and support. Other than that, I just I, I try to find interesting blogs. I look okay. for blogs, and it's just it's I find that it's just helpful to talk to other writers. It really yeah. is. No, definitely, definitely. Oh, thank you for that. Uh, it's like you know you sometimes you know the beauty about you know having a conversation is like sometimes you might start off with one thing and then you never know and you get you know you end up with with with, with some you know with something more or. Um, well, so, right, so how to get to top 10 or top 100 is knowing where your audience is. Yes, if you can find a niche market, oh boy, you're, you're almost set. And, oh gosh, it, I mean, I, I wish it was just a, a, a one-size-fits-all, but you kind of have to tinker it and tweak it and tailor it. Yeah. And once you, once you hit that, that vein, that, that gold mine of what your readers want, just... It sounds simple, but just keep giving it to them. And right. um, and I know social media is important. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of bad about social media, but yeah. it, it is important when you can build communities around you know things that 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 you're trying to get across in your writing. That that's very helpful. I just I think I've been kind of jaded because I've just been you you know you get hit over the head, you get bombarded with people's promoting and marketing of their books yeah. and, and and of course that's what we do but it should be done where it's appropriate yes if somebody's Facebook feed is or or Twitter feed is cluttered with promoting and marketing it doesn't make you want to buy the book yeah so I think yeah. I, I, I tend to not use it as much as I probably should be but it, mm. it is important it, but I think the thing to remember is you have to provide content not just promote your book. Mm. If, you get, if you get people involved in, in the world you're creating yeah. with your writing, they will want, they'll want to support your, your work. They'll buy your books. Well and what I've done as far as content, like I put a snippet on Facebook, I like read a paragraph or read a few sentences here and there, you know, in audio form so people could, you know, click the link and hear a little bit more of the book. 
that's, huh? and that's that's a perfect example of providing content. You're you're giving your readers, like you said, a snippet, you know, a, a taste of of what you have to offer, and it's entertaining, but it's also yes. good marketing, but it's not yeah. so in your face. Yeah, it's not buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Yeah. Well, and two, uh, what I did at a book signing once, I um I went through and narrated some some passages. Um, and that kind of, we actually had some people there that night that had not bought the book, wanted to know more about it, but that kind of enticed them to buy the book, you I know, here in the narration. Yeah. Oh, I love it. You know, are you guys familiar with Michael J. Sullivan? Are we familiar with what? Michael J. Sullivan. Um, he, wrote no. the Ryera, he wrote the Ryera Chronicles. It's a, a, like a fantasy series. And now he's mega successful, mega rich, but he, he's an indie just like, like we are. And, you know, he built relationships with his readers. Mm. Um, on Goodreads, uh, his, all of his fans started a group called The Dark Room, and it's just devoted to him and his books. And if I remember, this was like two years ago. I would go, and because I love his books, and I would comment, and within 20 minutes, I'm getting an email saying, Michael has responded to your comment. You mm, mm. And he's just that kind of writer. He's really engaged with his readers. And yeah. so anything he does, they're just waiting for his next next book or his next, next project. And it's because, you know, like Nick said, he's giving them content. And he's also yes. giving them a little part of, of himself. Mm, mm, so they mm. just, you know, build relationships. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. That that sounds that sounds quite quite useful. Um, okay, Nick, what one yes. tip um, would you give an aspiring author or a newbie author with regards to book ranking on Amazon? Um, when you started out as an author, what was your first light bulb moment? What I mean is, what did you fail in or didn't make progress? In, you know, something you made a mistake in that you figured out the solution to that made you go, aha. So one of the, the, the first aha moments I had was marketing, ineffective marketing. Okay. Because where I thought that I had done the research, like um, Tara was saying, where I thought I had talked to people, I, that little circle of people that I talked to was very small compared to all the people who love to read. Yeah. So I had to go back, and, and what I did, I had to go back to basics. I had to make flyers and actually go and hand them out and get out of my shell and start talking with people. Not being afraid to approach perfect strangers, you know, um, people in bookstores. As a matter of fact, I did the same thing yesterday. Two ladies were sitting at a table in a Barnes and Noble, and I just approached them and was like, you know, just asked them, you know, do you like to read? What kind of reading do you like? I'm a local author. Here's information about my book. I I didn't say anything, you know. Would you buy my book? I just asked, you know, would you like information? And um, they said yes, of course. And I, you know, was I gave them the information, and um, you know, so whether or not they buy the book, I don't know. But that was one thing I will say that was the biggest aha moment for me was the ineffective marketing that I did. Hmm. Hmm. No, that's good. So basically, people, should, authors should not be afraid to approach people. Correct. Perfect. That that sounds that sounds you know really 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 good. Okay, um, Tara. What do you think about book ranking on other platforms? You know, for instance, Nook and Kobo. You know, what do you think affects the ranking? Is it the same as Amazon? <laughs> I, I have to assume it, it's similar. It's just as mysterious. I know. Um, I, I know that a, a lot of it has, again, has to do with not only sales but what category 
the book is in or what mm. genre and how long it's been selling or how long it's been um, been in a position. <laughs> so in that way, I think it's it's similar. I do know that with, with Nook and Kobo, your, your ranking depends on where your book is selling. So mm. if you're an American author and your book is selling very well, say, in Canada, yeah. wow. your book is going to have a higher ranking when you go to Amazon. Dot, what is it? Dot CA, I believe. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so, and I, I didn't know that. So it seems like it's not integrated, but it, it very much depends on, on where the book is selling or how it's doing in certain markets. Yes. So yes. I, I think we're a little more integrated. I wish we had more detailed information because it might affect how we promote or market. Yeah. Yeah, I think Amazon should be giving authors a little, you know, like where the person, you know, what 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 website they came in before coming to, you know, to the website, and you know, just sort of help authors, you know, hone their marketing um, activities. Yeah, so right. just to, you know, just to put everything into context, right? So you know, like how you were saying, um, Tara, that you know we need to define our audience. So let's use my latest book as an example. I know I'm not being vain. It's just because my book is very. <laughs> I think that my book is sort of, it's a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It appeals to everyone. Right. And I find it, I find, I struggle to sort of narrow down my, my books to say, you know, only this type of people would like it, right? So right. what do you think then I can do? How do I then define it? So through a step-by-step process, how, what can I do? Well, Chagilala, let me, let, I just want to clarify, is this your children's book or your Tunde? Which is yeah, so the year two, so because you know I've only got three, so I've got two year two days out, and I've got the right. counting book, counting. so not the counting, not the counting one, the the, okay. the year two day one. Okay, <laughs> well, um, well, the thing with 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 your your um your two part book, your two day, it is it's it it really has some wonderful opportunities for marketing because it's it's an ode to your mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. is more universal than you know the relationships we have with yes. our moms? With our mothers. And also, you know, from moms, as you know, with with our with our own little humans, with our own daughters. Yes. So to me, I think the the you you really have a, again a, a universal um, opportunity to to market the book. I would definitely look at you know communities where. Uh, people are are foreign nationals. In other words, people who whose mothers or grandmothers uh, were from other countries and then immigrated to the country that that they live in now. Because yeah. there's a sense of connection to the past. Yeah. There's that sense of of holding on to and not losing those those cultural ties that that yeah. that sort of are passed you know lovingly from generation to generation. I yeah. think that no matter what what country or ethnicity we're talking about, I think that will really resonate with readers. Mm -hmm. um, even, I mean, if it's, you know, Asian communities, um, and, and I'm, I'm tempted to say Asian American, or because I'm, I'm American, so I kind of think, <laughs> but no matter, you know, where you are, there are always pockets of immigrants yeah. that have settled in, you know, within a community. Yeah. And I think your book would be, it, just an amazing journey for 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 readers from within that community to take. Right. Um, 
I, I definitely would want to build up those relationships um, as far as, as finding potential readers. I think having uh, live readings of your book would be helpful because, you know, a lot of people, they don't even have Kindles. They're, they're really used to mm. And I think in your case, uh, paperback is a wonderful yes. way to go uh, with, with your book. Some books really lend themselves well to paperback. You know what? You're the second person to say that to me, and I'm literally I'm, what I'm trying to do is change the cover image because right. you know the illustrator that I was using, um, there's been some problems, so it's all been delayed. Um, and literally, someone who so the, the reviews that I've had, so someone has said, you know, this book would do, you know, with being a proper paperback book. And as someone said, because the version that I've got out now, there's no illustration. Just because I thought the book is ready, and I'm just waiting for the illustrator, you know, to sort out some personal issues to get. Um, you know, and so the reviewers have said, you know, this book could do with having some illustration. So I'm going to think to myself, okay, I will wait. And the little human is grumpy. I don't know why she's grumpy today. We've not gone out in the sun. Uh, she, may, she needs a snack, maybe? Oh, that's, no, she just needs to go out in the sun for a little bit. Yeah, um, maybe. It's been cold there. She probably is ready for some vitamin D. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that that's the problem. Um, and because I sprained my back, so um, I'm having physio. And the physio, oh. so my I sprained my back in January, and you know it was getting better. And then I started going out more, and I was going to cancel my last physio appointment. And then and I went backwards, and I I went to the physio, and they were like, "Yes, that's your back telling you that you're not ready to start going all over the world." <laughs> so oh, I'm sorry to I, hear that. I, so the physio says I'm only allowed to go out twice a week for short strolls, nothing, nothing more. Um, and you know, at least for the next six weeks. And this week I've been out three times already, and I have to. Mm. <laughs> I'm feeling it now, yeah, you, you probably overdid it a bit. Anxious. You have cabin fever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have that phrase in in London? Do you? No. Is it an American phrase? I think it must be. We call it cabin fever. You know, after a long winter, you're just ready to get outside. Ah. Yes, I, 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 can, I can totally relate. Yes, also, I haven't really done much. And especially now that the last couple of days, it's been gloriously sunny. And it's like, you know, when you see lots of sunshine, and <laughs> there's something that funny that goes on in London. Whenever we have a bit of sunshine, right, you see these guys with really big bellies. Then they, they turn off their, their convertibles, right? And then they let their ponies hang out. <laughs> they just say, oh they're, my god, this is what a little bit of sunshine causes in London. <laughs> they, they're trying to tan. <laughs> they're trying to tan their ponies. They're wearing their bellies. Oh my god, we don't want to see it. That's funny. <laughs> Well, I hope no one comes and tells, tells me off with saying you have a little human slapping your dad, right? Because you, you, you go going out there and you see a bit of sun and then you see these guys, you know, and they're telling me they're hanging out. That's crazy. That's a little too enthusiastic. <laughs> I, uh, okay. I shouldn't say that. It's just, that's what some zombie calls it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going you know when you're laughing so much and then your he ears get hot? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to blow my ears now. Ears. <laughs> Are they pulling off? <laughs> yeah. 
because I'm just imagining it now, seriously. Every single time, you know, I see this all the time, and I'm like, seriously, this is what sun does in London. This is just... <laughs> you guys need more sun. Or, or longer shirts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, they just take it off. They take it off completely, and then you just say it, just Ooh. just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. No. Well, yes. Okay. Sorry. Back to what we were saying. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah. I was saying about my book. See, I got distracted. <laughs> uh, yes. Basically, you know, with so that's the feedback that I've got. So I've got it in my mind. You know that I will make it um as 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 paperback. Um. Yes. But it. How so? Get you then find this community because I'm trying to do this so that you know if anyone say they've got a book and then they wanted to think, okay, well they're going to how do they define? I'm trying to sort of establish you know the step by step process of how they establish you know their audience because sometimes you know the thing is sometimes authors write because you know they have like the voices in their head and it makes them sound like crazy people and then you know they write it all down and they've gotten it you know and then they've gotten editors and whatnot to get the book to that perfect thing but then we are not marketers. Right. Right. You know, right. So how then does, you know, someone, you know, define, so like we said, you know, my book, you know, appeals to everyone universally because, you know, the, uh, it's an, um, an ode to a mother. Um, so, you know, we've talked about, you know, okay, because of that, you know, we can find, you know, immigrants and whatnot and get in paperback because, again, yes, that, again, because that's something that one of the reviewers did say that it would benefit, it would be better as a paperback than specifically an ebook, which is something. So... Which is quite interesting to hear because you know most times most people just think having a Kindle is is you know is the is the way forward and it's quite nice you know when you then find people who say that you know they actually would like uh, paperback you know for a specific um, type of book but then what else how else do I define the audience how else do I you know find these people right. Um, well, again, I, I think it, it boils down to putting yourself in your reader's skin. So, and the, first of all, the, the easiest way to do it is to think, you know, who, you know, who's like me? You know, where are other people who do the things I do, like the things I like, you know, interested in the things I'm interested in? And then you sort of follow that to its logical ending. You're freaking up. Oh, sorry, I can't hear you. You're you're cutting up. I don't know if it's my headphones. Nick, can you hear Sarah very well? Um, I can get in and out. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just me. Sorry, Sarah, can you say that again, please? Mm -hmm. um, um, I was just saying that, you know, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Is this better? Okay. Um, I was saying, you know, start with yourself. You know, who are you? Because um, as, a, as a reader and as a writer, who are you as a person? And yeah. where, where do you like to shop? Where do you like to go? Where do you go for feedback on books? Um, mm -hmm. Within your own community or, you know, where, where, where do where are the things that influence your decisions? Not only in reading, but just in general, and that will lead you to places where you can market and promote your book. Mm -hmm. um, and and that that's great. also finding niche communities online is helpful. Uh, I find, and you know, and again, because your book is a is a book about relationship, 
um, that you have with your mother or just telling her story. I think it's also very helpful to get out when your back is better. But you, you've got to get out into the community with the book. Mm. It's, it's a that itself well to that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, yeah. relationship building because it's yeah. about something that we all can, you know, identify with. So yeah. reading circles, book clubs, book signings, um, I, I think all of those things are, would be helpful for a book like yours. Yeah. I, I would look in those directions. Funny you say that, though, because before you came on um, and before we started, you know, recording, you know, that was what um, Nick and I were saying that, you know, she's found success more offline than online because she's right. done book signings. And when I did last year as part of um, Black History Month, which is in October in the UK, um, I actually sold quite a number of my books. I think more so than I've done online. Um, so it's sort of, you know, I think we've seen a recurring thing here that, you know, sort yeah. of building one-on-one relationships offline and then sort of taking that online because I think now because of the ease of, you know, the internet, a lot of people tend to focus all of their energy on online marketing and then forgetting about the personal one-on-one -on -one relationship one -on -one. that you can, that you can you, get you, right, you offline. That, yeah, you can't leave that out of the equation or you're, you're limiting yourself. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, for example, think of just, and, and a lot of times, you can trust a lot of companies will be willing to to you know to sell your book that aren't necessarily bookstores. Mm. I, I, there are times when I've gone into you know a retail shop and there's a small you know little kiosk or book stand that has uh, relevant material. And I'm like, okay, it kind of makes you want to buy it, and yeah. if you're willing. To do, for example, one of those countertop uh, cardboard yeah. uh, displays that holds, you know, no more than six or seven books because, you know, companies aren't going, they don't want you to take up a lot of retail space. Yes. But if you come and you're completely self-contained, in other words, right. um, here's my product and I've, got, I've even got the, you know, promotional or marketing or display materials, you'd be surprised that they, you know, they're willing to have that conversation with you. Yes. So you, may, you might look at, you know, um, Nigerian restaurants or Nigerian bookstores or places where you can buy, um, like, world markets. Like, you know, yes. Where you can buy all kinds of uh, world products and spices and clothing. Yeah. Outside the box, and you'll come up with uh, surprising places where your book would be. Uh, and, and also, there are lots of, um, I know at least in the United States, there are lots of uh, expos and conventions. Not just book conventions, but for example, um, entrepreneur workshops and conventions, or, you know, um, people who market to brides or back to school. There's so many. Everyone has a convention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of see where, see where you fit in. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I am hoping that, you know, we've sort of made, you know, some useful points that, you know, anyone to the virtual cafe can take. Um, because I think it's sort of established some recurring points that I see. It's Offline marketing, you know, one-on-one -on -one yes. relationships, you know, which yes. I think a lot of authors are neglecting because they think it's easier to do online marketing, you know, they don't have to go anywhere and it's all, you know, sort of pressing a button 
um, on the computer. Okay, that's why. <clears throat> no, so tell me about your latest book. I know that Tara is quite excited about it. <laughs> yeah. So the book is a crime fiction novel, and it details the uprising, the uh, the fall of this female crime lord. And she um, led a double life. I can't give away what her daytime occupation was, but you wouldn't think that somebody holding that job or that career would be a crime lord. So what has happened oh, is she's wow. gotten caught. She's gotten caught, and so now she's telling her story from prison. And it's really it's a road book in that everybody is trying to get to Minnesota um, to try and find her. Is it real life or is this just fiction? Oh no no no! It's it's fiction. Okay. <laughs> and and it is it is not autobiographical in any. You know, did you do up? You know, did you do any research to come up with information in the book? So I just all of a sudden started loving crime um, fiction. You know, the, the 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 documentaries, the books, the films. Um, it took me about two years to write the book because okay. sometimes the characters would speak, sometimes they wouldn't, and sometimes I would start writing something about a character and it didn't fit them. So, and the only research I did was basically watching, I watched the Godfather trilogy, um, and that was something that my mother used to watch when I was little, and I hated it, but all of a sudden, <laughs> I wanted to see it, so I got the trilogy, and I watched um, watched that over and over and over again to, st and to start thinking about, okay, how they think, and how they talk, and, you know, what's normal, mm. so, and then um, along with the documentaries that came out about Griselda Blanco, and Pablo Escobar, those types of people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. See, so now, the book. Okay, so as you were saying that, the only image that I have in my head is Lucy Lou. Do you, have you ever watch Kill Bill Volume 1? <laughs> right? I have not. <laughs> okay, it's, it's you, you can, you know, try try and watch it. It's just, it's just one of, for me, it's one of those movies that you can just watch over and over again and it never loses its appeal. Um, and mm -hmm. I recently watched Volume 1 um Again, and I just thought, you know, and that's why, you know, she was the, as you were talking, she was the first person that I was seeing in my, you know, in my head because she, you know, went from being a petty criminal to being the head of the Japanese yakuza or crime, you know, wow. being, you know, and I just said, wow, you know, I can almost. <laughs> so, but it's, this is the movie. No, I'm not talking about her book yet. I'm just talking about, you know, Kill Bill Volume Volume One. In case, okay, wow. I'm sorry. In case anyone hasn't watched Kill Bill, I'm sorry to have given spoilers. It's just really. No, it's not a book spoiler. It's a movie spoiler. Just a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So Tara, tell us. You've read the book. What feelings did you get? You know, reading it. Did the author deliver for you with this work? Oh my goodness. I, you know what? I, I, I could not put it down. I was, it was oh, fascinating from beginning to end. It was, it was a ride. Thank you. It, it, it reminded me again, I did get that sort of Mario Puzo sense, um, from the, from the, the dynastic quality of the relationship in the family, but it also had a lot of Truman Capote for me. Um, wow. that sort of in cold blood sense of just, 
you're rushing towards this destiny that you know is is just coming like fast. <laughs> I could I couldn't put it down. Wow. I could not. I was I was I think I and I was misled by the title. Um, wow. The title was interesting, and I was like, okay, what's this about? And then of course, what's the title again? I forgot it. It's Minnesota, Minnesota. Her, her account, her view. Minnesota, her account. Okay. And I mean, and and it's again, it's I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, give away anything in the book, but at one point <laughs> you think, okay, well, this is about to wrap up because X Y Z has happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, but oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. It it really is. It's kind of just a setup for what is a much more exciting or, or thrilling it's, it's almost like two books in one I guess wow. well, really, it's like a book and then a really large prequel if that makes sense yes mm. it's just I was I was beyond thrilled and you know what I liked the most about it was it was it, in, in one way it was sort of like the the typical you know uh, mob story but mm -hmm. there were so many things about it that were not typical <clears throat> Um, first of all, with the, the crime boss being a, a female. Yeah. And also, mm -hmm. it wasn't just, you know, your standard Italian mafia. Um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a different ethnicity, and I, I could not look away. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was so wow. exciting. And um, I, I listen to my books. I use um, uh, speech. So the book is actually being read to me. Um, I have a I have Amazon Echo, so any any I have Amazon Echo, and I also use uh, voiceover in iBooks. So wow. I set up my iPad and I just sit there and listen to the story. And at at one point, I found myself like leaning into the iPad, <laughs> <laughs> like I was trying to 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 sort of to will the book to tell me more. Like hurry up, tell me what happened. But wow, and that's I you know Nick, I just. I was so um, excited about the episode because I knew I would get to talk to you about the Well, thank you. I'm, a, I'm such a groupie. And, um, <laughs> yay, North Carolina. Woo! So, I'm in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah, I'm a fellow North Carolinian. So um, I just – and I have so many questions. I'm going to bug you. I have your email, so I'm going to bug you. <laughs> well, bug away. Yes, and um, a lot of questions, of course, I won't ask on the show because I want everybody to read. The, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but well, thank you. you just absolutely will not be disappointed by this book. And it takes you places that it's just read the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's how you know someone who likes a book, you know, so much. Okay, so yeah. we know you like it so much, but everything, there's always room for improvement. Yes. How do you think the book, how else do you think the book could have played out? What could have been different? What could the author have done differently? How could the author have improved the story? Right. Well, uh, one thing I think that Nick uh, could have done was uh, come out with the sequel by now. Um, hello? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat here. But, um, no, one thing I think the book uh, definitely could have benefited from is I would have I would have liked more of, of a detailed glimpse into what it's like to be not only in a, a, a Croatian mob family but a Croatian family. Mm -hmm, I, re mm -hmm. I remember one scene where um, the the protagonist I guess you can call her that but the the lead character she's having dinner with her mother and her brother and yes. her mom made all of her favorite foods 
And maybe just because I'm a foodie, I'm just greedy. I was like, what are they eating? <laughs> ah, gotcha. I, gotcha. I wanted to know what are what are some of those you know wonderful Croatian um, uh, meals? What are some some staples of, of you know traditional Croatian cooking? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe a reference to a Croatian holiday or religious observance or cultural some sort of cultural identity. Okay. Because again, I was very excited that it wasn't the typical Italian mob family. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were Croatian, you know, uh, really the the sense the, the only real strong sense you got of it was uh, their names. Uh huh. Uh-huh. They had some okay. beautiful names. I love the names, and it the names helped to keep you in time and place as far as what kind of family you were dealing with, and that was helpful. Yes. Um, but a little more cultural, I guess, sort of a a smorgasbord or, or, or some of those nice, yummy cultural details would mm. have made the book uh, a little more drenched as far as it being Croatian and also mm. just fun, just informative. Cool. Mm. I'm kind of a nosy person. I want to know everything, but um, that, and, and I think that the book would have done really well as third person. Yes. Um, because, but, but, the, but, just, you know, getting inside the protagonist's head, of course, as you know, that gives you information that's so important to plot development. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and as we see the characters evolve, um, but I think by by going third person, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. could have you could have opened up that conversation exponentially and we could have mm-hmm. learned just so much more. But that's just I guess that's just a small observation. But yeah. The book is wonderful. Just thank wonderful. you. Okay. <laughs> I, I loved it so much. <laughs> well, okay. thank you. Well, Nick, you've got one fan, you know, already, and she's waiting yes. to hurry up and get the next book out. My, my husband I, is. Um, my husband's going to start it next week. I, I was. Oh, just, wonderful. Yeah, he's like, okay, let me let me have a crack at it too, because we, <laughs> we we share books and. And um, I've, I've so far not good. I've never steered him wrong because I'm I'm kind of a picky Great. reader. So he's mm-hmm. he's excited to read it. Oh, well, good. I, I'm appreciative, and I am working on a sequel. Yes. My first year is Okay, so when do you think it's going to be out? When's the sequel going to be out? Oh, the sequel probably won't be out till about August because I'm still doing um, you know book tour book uh, appearances and signings and things of that nature. So, okay. yeah, about August. Okay. Oh, this is awesome. This okay. Is, I, I really would not be surprised to see somebody option this. Or I am, that is my hope. I, no. I'm, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm not just saying this because we're, you know, co-panel guests. Right. This this book just, it, it just, it has something. It has, it has sort of a restraint that uh-huh. it's like a very tight violin string. Yeah. Every, every note just sort of like resonates every 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 paragraph every section and it's more than just being on the edge of your seat because as you know even when the book is wonderful that can be exhausting to a reader at times yes yeah. I think it does this dance this balance of of tension and then mm-hmm. the the character sinks back into uh, either you know a reminiscence or mm-hmm. some sort of exploration of, of what she's thinking or feeling. Right. And it's so I think it's it's so I think it exhibits so much skill as a writer to have 
the the story told from one person's point of view. So that's the only voice we well not technically we we see everything from from her standpoint. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the book, can you say you really know her? Right, it's right. Fascinating. I. I just my hat goes off to you. Well, thank you. I lost a I lost a lot of sleep writing this book. <laughs> and well, oh. you know, it, it was insomnia that that we can all benefit from. Yes. <laughs> yes. But this is the kind of book that would would do well as you know. I just I I, I really I wouldn't be surprised to see this on the screen someday. And oh wow. You. Yeah, it's got good stuff. Good stuff. Good, good, good. And then when you're really popular, Nick, you can say that you know Tara. Called Shotgun. I think that's what you guys see <laughs> yes. in America on it. Yes. On the Shaggy Lola Salami yes. Show. She said it. She predicted it. Okay, you have to give us a shout out. <laughs> I will have to give you a shout out. I will, I, will, I will be very, very, very proud, very pleased. <laughs> okay, now that's fine. So, you know, what? have you guys read any indie books, you know, in the last year? If so, which ones, you know, which ones did you like? Uh, let's start with you, Nick. So I read this awesome indie book called Is This Your Man? And it's an, the author is Colin Tate. And the book was just fantastic in that it gave you a plethora or a smorgasbord of the wrong man. It, it wasn't just a one-size-fits-all like Steve Harvey's book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. Right. You know, Steve Harvey focused on one man. This man thinks this way. This man thinks this way. But Colin gives you six different real-life stories. They're all the wrong man, but they all have a different approach. And I just really, yes, I, I read that book in 24 hours. It was just wow. phenomenal. Could you, yeah, what's it, the title again? I'm sorry. The, I, it, it's titled, Is This Your Man? Is This Your Man? Colin Tate? Colin Tate, yes. Okay, all right. That um, sounds can, interesting. Can I ask you a question, Nick, about uh-huh. the book? Um, yeah. Do, is the book, what, what age group would you say it's appropriate for? Adult uh, women? Adult, yeah, adult women. I would say about 25 on up. Okay. Um. Just because of the lines that, or the ways that these men have approached women, it, 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 it wouldn't appeal. Of course, it would it would knock a young woman off her feet, but some of them had to be a little more um, smart in their approach. So I would say about 25 on up. Okay. All right. Okay. That, that sounds like something I, I want to look into. Um, yes. And I, I'm glad you made the point that it's from, from different points of view. Yes. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Um, a lot of men pay attention and they say, okay, that didn't work. Let me try right. this angle. Mm, and, mm, right. And I think, you know, because I have, I have two, I have three nieces, mm-hmm. uh, two of which are one, one is 14 and one is about to turn 12. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't feel like it's, it's too early to start to at least get them to understand that not everyone has the best intentions. Right. Yeah. Never too early. Right. You don't want to, you know, scare them or make them paranoid, but you want them to be knowledgeable, and educated, and have, you know, their own best interests at heart. And yeah. and I think if I just say, okay, this is, you know, someone might, I think having different examples to use mm-hmm. to say, well, they could try this approach, this approach, they'll kind of, you know, mm-hmm. know to look out for everything. Right. Because you yeah. know how teenage girls are. They'll say, well, he's not like that. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's a good recommendation. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, cool. And what about you, Tara? What, what indie book have you read in the last, well, since the last time we spoke? 
Well, I've read this book about a chick in Minnesota. No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. No, um, I read a book called The Timer by uh, an indie author. Her name is Arden Banks. Actually, Nick, she's from Charlotte. Wow. Not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, again, it's called The Timer by Arden Banks, and it's a young adult sort of a science fiction dystopian novel. Um, I, I won't give it away, but um, it's it's set in the future, and basically uh, sort of a, a corporate conglomerate is running the show, and they use people, especially they have these, like these colonies of teenagers that they use for labor. Mm-hmm. And they have these devices on their wrist, and if they underperform, or if they, you know, break a rule or some sort of infraction, the timer goes off and it's mm. a wrap. They they die. And it's it, it's kind of like, I guess it would remind you of The Hunger Games. Right. Mm. But it's, you know, what I like about the book is it didn't try to, to copy Cat or it didn't try to piggyback on, you know, the success of books like The Hunger Games. It's its own book. And if a book could be a person, this book is calm and confident, and it tells its story uh, with a sort of, um, I guess, you know, that that sense of certainty Mm -hmm. um, that I'm telling my own story, I'm telling it my way. And I think that gives it a more authentic voice. I love the book because it's, it, it, it builds, it takes its time, it's nuanced and the characters are characters that you can believe they, they really exist. Um, I obviously, I think Miss Banks is a keen observer of of people and the human condition because this book, again, it's young adult, but it's enjoyable for adult readers, and it's um, wow. it's it's a quality book. I'm really proud to say it's indie. It's a good book. Oh, good. Well, I guess something that is again another recurring theme, you know, that I'm seeing is that there are lots of good indie authors out there. I mean, yes, there are loads of ones that you just think, oh my good lord, seriously, do you not know what an editor is? But you know, it seems <laughs> that there are loads of really, really good ones that they possibly may not have had the opportunity if they were looking exclusively for a traditional publisher. Um, and I guess that's why, you know, I ask people, you know, who come to the virtual cafe what, you know, indie book they've read, you know, because possibly someone might be listening to the show and think, oh, let's go, let's go give this book, you know, a try because these people, you know, seem to to like it. Um, okay, no, that's good. And then can I ask a really embarrassing question? Sure. Right, I'm really Just talking embarrassed. to you, Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sure. <laughs> well, to, to both of you, that's right? That's question. You know, and it's, I really should, I, I feel embarrassed, but, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, right? So, every time I go on Goodreads, you know, and I hear dystopian, right? And I keep saying to myself, I'm going to go on Google and check out what dystopian is. What the heck is dystopian? <laughs> Oh, that's not an embarrassing question. <laughs> well, I, I feel like everyone says it, and I, I, I should know what it is, but I don't. Oh, no. Uh, Nick, you want to... Go ahead. You... Um, well, uh, think of the word dis as... as um, mm-hmm. Well, okay, think of topia as any kind of place. Yeah. And, you know, dis means, or D-Y-S, it, it basically means, think of it as something going wrong or something so dysfunction, dysfunction dysfunctional exactly or or alternate and of course you as in euphoria you means good or beautiful or you know um sublime or supreme so you would have a utopia where everything is heavenly and wonderful 
And mm. then you have a dystopia where it's a place where everything has gone wrong. So dystopian novels are, are usually, um, they're usually set in the future and it's some sort of alternate future where um, the infrastructure of society, whether it's religious or political, has gone off the rails. So everyone's basically living in this sort of nightmare, this sort of a hellscape where, um, you know, everyone's fighting to survive. So those, those kind of novels are, um, well, they've always been popular, but uh, they, they really have had a resurgence in popularity uh, lately mm -hmm. because dystopian novels give us a chance to pull mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. back to the basics. Mm -hmm. When you strip away the, you know, uh, technology or the advancements, the mm -hmm. advances that society has made over the, you know, past thousands of years, and you strip it down to the basics where we're all fighting for survival and for survival. That, mm -hmm. that creates wonderful conflict because um, it, it goes back to, to human nature and man versus man, man versus nature, man, you know. Um, so uh, that, okay. that, that dystopian settings are a great place to, to explore that conflict. Right. So quick question, dear. Isn't that more like sci-fi? Because all that's going through my head is, you know, movies or series that I've watched, you know, things like Fringe, um, I think what's the like, closest one now, um, is that DC Legend of Tomorrow, you know, so isn't that more sci-fi, you know, so what, how does dystopian differ from sci-fi? Well, it, it tends to, it, it, it usually tends to be sci-fi because it's set in the future, and the assumption is mm -hmm. that, that there will be, you know, technological advancements that obviously are only just, you know, dreams for us today, but it's not exclusively science fiction. Uh, for example, look at Lord of the Flies. Um, I don't know if you if you read that book. Uh, Lord no. of the Flies. It's a situation where a group of school a, a group of schoolboys have been uh, shipwrecked and they're on an island, and it, it's a situation where um, uh, the battle lines are drawn. They have to survive. There are political you know schemes. Uh, the boys turn on one another. It's every man for himself, and then they form allegiances, and it's a really frightening, you know, book to think of these, you know, cute little, you know, eleven-year-old boys fighting for survival and and killing one another in the jungle. Um, and yeah. there's no sci-fi there, but it's dystopian because it's a it's a landscape or a setting where things clearly have gone wrong, and the world that we're inhabiting in the book is not normal it's not functional it, it's it's bleak and rather frightening so it doesn't always have to be science fiction right okay i get you now right but it usually is it, it usually is because it's it's you know so far into the into the future um mm. but it, it you know it, it can be sci-fi it can also be fantasy yeah uh, in a lot of ways i mean there are a lot of things about you know, Game of Thrones that could be considered dystopian because yes. there's, so much, uh, there's so much magic. Um, there's just there's a lot of weirdness going on. So yes. it it you you're right that it usually is science fiction, but it, it doesn't always have to be. Right. Okay. So I guess it's more like oh, dystopian. Most dystopians is sci uh most sci-fi are dystopian, but they're not all dystopian is sci-fi. Right. Like The Handmaid's ah. Tale by Margaret Atwood. Mm. Um, the Handmaid's Tale, I think to me that qualifies as dystopia because, as you know, um, it, it's set in the future and for, for whatever reason, some biochemical reason, uh, the women 
the fertility rates have plummeted. And the few, the few women who are able to have a child are sequestered away from society and they're kept in these sort of breeding colonies mm. um, where, you know, they, they really don't, they're kind of slaves. They really don't have a, a choice in, in how their lives are run. Mm. And there's really no science fiction there, um, but it is it's very much a dystopia. So, mm. Mm. okay. Okay, no, thank, thank you, thank you for the explanation. It's just, it's quite embarrassing to say that, you know, on, on a show that I didn't know what's that day. And it's just something that I always say to myself, I'm going to go and Google it. I, I'm going to go and Google because I just never got around to it. No, okay. no, it, this is <coughs> because it's not, it's not your genre, so, you know. No. Every, well, I, everything is a teaching moment, I think. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, okay. No. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, so for some fun bit, um, you know, I seem to find that you know every time I have you on the show, Tara, and this is me, I feel pleased, you know, that I have someone who likes my show, or my virtual cafe, and <laughs> want to come back, you know. But we yes. seem to always have this, you know, long conversations, and I'm just looking at the time, and it's been over an hour, and I'm just really yes. hoping that people would, you know, would actually listen to us and just think, oh my God, these crazy women are just, you know, chapping and chapping and chapping <laughs> away. Uh, but Good times, good times, fun. Um, I know that Nick is going to give us a giveaway. Nick, what would you like to give away today? So I'll be giving away uh, the ebook version of my novel. Okay, remind us the title. Oh, Minnesota, her account, her view. I apologize. No, no, no. It's just because you know we've been at this for an hour now, and my <laughs> I've got baby brain. <laughs> okay, go on, tell us. Um, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, um, I'm sorry, Tara. Um, Nick hasn't finished. No, 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 no. No, I was done. How many copies are you given? One copy. Okay. What does, what do readers need to do or listeners need to do to get a copy? So readers or listeners need to, uh, email me. There was, there's a contest as well, though. We have a contest. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. If you want <laughs> they can, e but essentially they can email me. It's at nardarel at gmail dot com, and it's k n a r d i r e l l at gmail dot com. Okay, so if you leave a comment, you know, in on the on the YouTube channel where this video will be posted, and then people can um, send get your email from you. And then if you, uh, I will I will make sure I write your email address in the thing. You just Send me a quick reminder um, yes. that I, I will put it um, on there. Okay, perfect. Um, so back to you, Tara. Um, right. I will be uh, happily giving away a digital copy of my book, Beyond Good Manners, How to Raise a Sophisticated Child. Um, and basically, to, to, to qualify, just uh, follow me on Twitter. And it's at O Tara Tara, and that's O H T A R A T A R A, O Tara Tara uh, on Twitter. And I'll be picking a winner between uh, now and April 21st. That's my birthday, so that's a good day to shut it down. Happy birthday! Um, yeah. Thank you. So, and and I, you know, I'll I'll be I'll be picking a winner uh, from there. And also, I'll I will be giving away uh, a free session at blurbperfect.com. Uh, which is uh, my company, and and basically we just create great blurbs for writers because that's that's often the hardest part of the book to to yes. to write. It's funny how we can spend you know months 
with with this book and these characters and, and these concepts, but when it's time to boil it down to 300 <laughs> words, it's really hard. Yeah. So, so blurperfect.com is here to help, and I'll be giving away a, you know, a free session um, with that. And even if for a book, an existing book for which you already have a blurb, we also do blurb analysis. You know, we, we tell you, you know, how it can be better or stronger. We do everything from analyzing your exist, existing blurb to creating completely uh, original uh, front matter for your book. So, and and uh, again, the details will be in the comment section below. But but yeah, that's that's my giveaway. <laughs> oh, thank right. you. I've got really generous guests. Uh, right. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like I've learned so much from having you guys, you know, on the show. Um, thank you. So just to just recap, though, if I came across anyone you know who wants to contact you for more info on your books or publishing in general, how can they reach you? I know you've said this thing, but please just say it again. It's just because you know people are listening right. to this. You know, sometimes they just miss the first time, and it's just nice to just put it there again, just you know one more time. This is how you get to contact me. So you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Nordarell. I'm on Facebook Nick Nordarell, and email at K N A. R-D-I-R-E-L-L at gmail.com. Perfect. How about you, Tara? I know. I've got it, in, in, you know, embossed in my head. Oh, Tara, Tara. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I said, all the good ones were taken. <laughs> but, but yes, um, please, you know, feel free to follow me on Twitter at um, O-Tara-Tara, O-H-T-A-R-A-T-A-R-A. -A -A. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Tara Turner. Um, my email is tarawoodsturner at gmail.com, and that's T-A-R-A-W-O-O-D-S-T-U-R-N-E-R at gmail.com. And also just, you know, you can find me on Goodreads or Amazon by my author page for my book, Beyond Good Manners, How to Raise a Sophisticated Child. Perfect. Thank Which was you. a great book. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Did you check it out, uh, Nick? I did. I read it, and I was very impressed with um, the. To me, it was a holistic approach. I was very, um, very impressed with that, and just the tidbits of information that she gave. And she wasn't forceful with the information or the advice. I appreciated that, and um, I, I just find it to be very helpful. And it, and you didn't have to be a first-time parent to find it helpful. For me, I've got a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old, and I still, you know, like, oh, good, I could apply that. Yeah. So. Oh, Nick, yeah. that's thank you. That's wonderful. You're that, welcome. That means a lot because the 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 very last thing I was determined not to write a preachy book because we've mm -hmm, all read mm -hmm. parenting books, and that you you get the sense that the author kind of knows it all, or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's there's no one-size-fits-all approach to to parenting. Right. So, you know, and this, the, the book was about giving parents ideas and tools and then stepping back because they know what, what to do best. Mm -hmm. mm. They really do. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Oh, good, good, good. And then I've got bad news. The little human is falling asleep. So, you know, when they start getting all cranky and they're like, what, yes. what's the problem? So she's fallen asleep, you know, and then she's just sprawled over me, right? And she's got a little <laughs> bit of snoring going on. <laughs> <laughs> the nappy. 
Yeah, so that's, 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 that's what it is. Or maybe she just got tired of trying to get my attention because she gets jealous every now and then. You know, she's like, why, how dare you talk to other people? You're supposed to give me all your <laughs> attention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now she just got fed up and she, so she wants to so sorry, you didn't get your virtual cafe, uh, your virtual teas. Uh, we need we need to do something about it. So, so far, we've not been able to get anyone their drinks. Um, that's but okay. We, we will do better. <laughs> Okay. But, you know, we could... Croatian food anyway, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine, but, you know, you guys have been fabulous. You know, I've learned so much today, and I'm hoping anyone who's passed by my virtual cafe, you know, would, would have learned, you know, something. So thank you for sparing the time to come um, to the cafe. Thank you uh, for having us. Thank you. Thank you. No, Thank my you. pleasure. Um, to everyone else in the you know in the virtual cafe, you know who's listening in. Thank you for stopping by. Um, if you like the show, please spread the word by sharing it with your friends and your family. Um, you can connect with me on Twitter at day one and I'm gonna spell that out. So it's the app symbol. Then I for India, Y for Yankee. A for Apple, Y for Yankee, E for Echo, uh, T for t- Tango, <laughs> U for Umbrella, N for November, uh, D for Delta, E for Echo, then the number one, so I-Y-A-Y-E-T-U-N-D-E, one, so E-I-E-T-U-N-D-E, one. Um, if you would like to be a guest, uh, a uh, can't even speak anymore now. If you would like to be in the audience for the next show, or if you would like to sponsor the show, then please get in touch via my website. It's my name, www.shagilalasalami.co.uk. See you again next week on the Shagilalasalami show. Bye for Thank now. You. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.